Hello everyone. Welcome to Voice of the Wild. An environment and wildlife podcast initiative by Naturalist Foundation. With this podcast we bring you closer to the world of wildlife conservation, scientific research and government environmental policies. I am Muskan Fakir, your host for today. In this episode I will talk about how wildlife rescue and data documentation will help in conservation. So without further ado, let's get to it. Survival. Isn't that the goal of every species on planet Earth? And for that matter, even humankind is no different. No matter how complex we think our lives are, the ultimate goal remains survival. In this world that revolves around competition and rivalry, saving another life seems peaceful and rewarding to the human ethic. This is when rescue seems like a great deed. Talking about rescues, what is rescue and what exactly is done? It could simply mean the act of freeing or saving a living organism from danger or trouble. But does rescue have some impact when it comes to animals, especially the wild counterpart? Wildlife rescue typically involves wild animals rather than domestic animals with three phases: rescue, rehabilitation, and release. Animals may be rescued if considered injured or in human-related danger. They may then be taken into care and removed from danger. The next step would be taking the injured, sick or orphaned animal out of their habitat and nursing them back to health is the rehabilitation phase. Already dead animals may sometimes be collected for examination. After rehabilitation, animals may be returned into the wild, this being the release phase. There are many organizations like PETA, Wildlife SOS and RAW that are doing notable work on wildlife rescue, recovery and release. Rescue, recovery and release of animals when combined with research can improve knowledge and conservation of such animals to a huge extent. Each rescued animal represents an encounter of an individual of a particular species, sex, age, size, etc. informing us about their population behavior and other aspects of species biology studies of rehabilitated animals can determine how care and condition influence progress towards release and the likelihood of successful release other than this rescued animals can be monitored for disease and environmental contaminants potentially indicating issues of concern Rescued birds may provide surveillance for disease possibly transmitted from wild birds to humans or adversely affecting poultry or other captive birds. Chemical analysis of rescued birds, especially species high in the food chain, may enable tracking of environmental pollutants. Dead and rescued animals may indicate adverse effects of marine debris on birds, mammals and other animals. Imagine you come across a wild animal being severely injured. What would your first instinct be? You would obviously want to help it, right? Whether to rescue or not to rescue is a question that has always been debated upon and made us raise our eyebrows. Before rescuing animals from any situation, 
certain things have to be taken into consideration. As there are certain positives to animal rescue, it can't be dissolved completely, but a lot of negatives are something to be thought about. Well, look at it in this way. If we rescue an old and injured animal, treat it and take care of it, it would probably have an extended life, which seems to be an act against the law of nature, and the animal would not be able to contribute to nature the way it would otherwise. The concept of survival of the fittest by Darwin and the correlation of every animal in the food chain are not foreign. Hence, it explains that one life saved by human intervention could end up putting another in danger. The only exception where a rescue would be justified is if any human activity causes an animal to become injured or orphaned, we may intervene. If not, if it is something that has happened naturally, then we don't. Simple. The next step after a safe rescue is usually rehabilitation and relief. It takes a lot of efforts to release an animal back into the wild. And this is also where a lot of problems arise when it comes to rescue missions. Most wild animals have a high affinity towards their territory and separation from their home range could lead to a great amount of stress to the animal. Animals that are seen as troublemakers are often translocated to different areas. As habitat is often considered unstable where rescue occurs, rehabilitated individuals are often released elsewhere, which possibly affects the source population numerically and genetically. One of the most frequently translocated animals happens to be a snake. According to a study conducted by Sahas Bharva and his team on translocated and non-translocated king cobras, the translocated king cobras was seen to have a greater home range now compared to others, had to travel a larger distance in search of food, and the effect of this was also seen in their reproductive activities and also feeding. Snakes are amazing predators in the ecosystem in which they occur, and translocating them can cause huge stress on the animal, physically as well as mentally. Now, talking about certain exceptions where rescue is needed and makes a really big difference is when an animal has strayed in human settlements that are far away from forest buffers and has caused panic and rage among the people. This would not only safeguard the animal, but also inculcate a sense of safety among the people, which would encourage them to contact rescue centers when an animal is spotted rather than killing it. Which brings us to our next example, leopards. Being wild, extremely shy and territorial, they have mastered the art of living within human settlements and are hardly seen. But there are times when they are seen in human settlements, it not only stresses the people around it, but the animal itself. Translocating elsewhere not only stresses them, but also disrupts their societies, and we are left with animals who have literally no idea of their surrounding. Release if not done in specific territories, the individual would cause more harm than good. 
A study conducted by Dr. Vidya Athreya showed that translocated leopards made more lethal attacks on people and it may also provoke human-wildlife conflict. At a broader perspective, rescue and rehabilitation do not lead to proper conservation of a species. However, programs may contribute indirectly to conservation through increased awareness, especially if included educational components. Indeed, public education is often viewed as an important aspect of such programs. Another very obvious situation where a rescue is rather important is that of wildlife trade and trafficking. An actively working NGO towards conservation of one of the most trafficked mammals in the world, pangolins, is Sayadri Nisargamitra. Situated in the pristine region of Kokon on the western coast of Maharashtra, Sayadri Nisargamitra is working actively towards rescuing pangolins, vulture and protecting nesting sites of sea turtles. Sayadri Nisargamitra helped confiscate up to 56 kgs of pangolin scales in 2015 and 16 within Maharashtra. Apart from all these situations where a rescue is very much called for, it seems unnecessary and should be avoided. Wildlife conservation should be intimately connected with the four R's rescue, recovery, release and research. When linked with other research, these four R's could help us understand the ecology of our animals and will help us manage and conserve them and their ecosystem. I hope all of you enjoyed this podcast. We will keep posting such content every week. Please like, share and subscribe or follow us to stay updated. Also, please support us on Patreon to show appreciation towards our young team that creates and provides such informative content. Link is mentioned below in description. Thank you and see you next time.